Gator. All right, welcome to Three Hours Later. I'm Matt, joined with my co-hosts, Alex. Say hi, Alex. Hi. And Mike. Hello. I didn't ask you to say hi, okay. but we got a special guest, and it's Sean. <gasps> hey, guys. Hey, Sean. Hey, buddy. So we're doing, we're, as we said, we're going to have a uh, Dungeons & Dragons episode coming up, but before we do that, we kind of want to just uh, pick Sean's brain, because he's our DM. Um, if you don't know what DM is, it's Dungeon Master. So, Sean... How dun- how master the dungeon? How how do I master the dungeon? So um, I know Mike wanted to ask you some questions on like yeah, you know DMing and until uh, right now I forgot that's what we were doing. All yeah. of a sudden he sounds like oh yeah I did. <laughs> it's <laughs> dude I've had a super busy week. I'm sorry, but I'm also curious too because I've never I've not never I haven't really DM'd ever. He never done it. I tried once and it, it was bad. I was so um. There's just so much to go over right now. Um, I don't want to like just jump into it and use you know lingo that people don't know. But right. So the general setup for a game of Dungeons and Dragons is there is the party, which is the group of players, mm-hmm. and there's a another player that kind of runs the world, and that's what the dungeon master is. Right. So what is it like to set up a game? Like before the actual session, I guess. <laughs> you know, that's that's different for everyone, and it depends on kind of your style of play. Uh, the way that I've come to kind of look at it is that um, Dungeons and Dragons is, is sort of like a boat, and um, the the players they're the ones that are that are on the boat, they're captaining the boat, they're they're the crew of the boat, and um, I get seasick. Well, you know, then I guess this is going to be a really rough day for you, Alex. <laughs> Take your um, Dramamine. Got to um, see Matt's, Matt's in my party. And uh, basi- basically the dungeon master is like the the gentle breeze that blows the ship along. And the crew can decide to where to steer the ship, how they want to uh, guide the ship. And, you know, the, the ocean and the, the, the lands around are essentially the the campaign so i can i can yeah basically kind of a little bit but at the same time you guys can choose to go with the wind where i'm kind of guiding you or you can choose to go against the wind and do whatever the fuck you want to do but also there's set rules too so you're not like totally you're not totally like a god you're just kind of the one that's enforcing the rules of this kind of world i guess yeah the rules of dungeons and dragons exactly um, and, and and even the rules are very interpretive, and and you can choose to ignore certain rules at certain times if if the players are wanting to do something interesting or cool or something really epic. Uh, but it goes against like a rule, but it's kind of in an interpretive manner. Like right. you can choose to just be like, you know what, go ahead and just do it, and we'll we'll see where the dice rolls. And I think even in the Literally. book, it says more like the, the the rule book is more of a guideline. Yeah, it's like the it's, pirate code. Yeah. So if it's like a a, a, ah, a bad guy's like running towards me, instead of like trying to fight him, can I like smash down a wall instead to entrap? <laughs> to intimidate him? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If there's say a show of that's a real question, Matt. No, you're I'm right. Learning. And that's kind of the thing about D and D that I think is cool. Like, so most players, myself included, are, are, we just want to get to the combat sometimes. But I think sometimes the coolest things that you can do is like, okay, this is totally about to be a combat. But then you ended up just like talking your way out of it instead, mm-hmm. which happens sometimes. Like you don't have to fight that person. You could like, 
hey man, why are you so angry? <laughs> yeah, you guys. Um, so Matt uh, plays in a campaign with myself and three other players. Uh, me as the dungeon master, and they had a moment exactly like that a couple of ses- sessions ago, where they were in this uh, dungeon of snake people, basically, and they're yes. being yeah they're being pursued by by soldiers while they're trying to infiltrate this place and they barge into this room and there's like this this spy master snake person and at first it's like oh man they're we're gonna have to fight this dude and kill this dude along with the guys that are coming in instead they end up bribing their way out of the situation and get themselves into a better position to achieve their greater goal um so we basically bought him so we can get to his boss. Yeah, they really overpaid him too. I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" They offered him so much gold, and I was like, "I he would have done it for so much less." And but we also obliterated the boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But right before that, you guys were very close to um, not leaving that place alive. So, <laughs> and then yeah, you guys got to the boss, and you literally pasted the walls <laughs> with his corpse and gold. Yes. Um. So Alex, you. You haven't really played. You said you played like, like fifteen years ago. Yeah, back in like two thousand five. What, what, what has your been? What has been your experience up until now with D anD D? Like, uh, that was pretty much that was uh, we did a few campaigns as and I was playing like a half orc barbarian, and so I've always been kind of just the was it the warrior type, just gonna go into combat, and that mm-hmm. was about it. Like my uh, everything else was low, so I couldn't really even talk. <laughs> I just, like, I mean, I was like, just like dumb. What, what, what did the experience? What was? How did it feel um, playing then? Did you only play like one session, or did you play like a whole actual like campaign? And you said you were playing with people in the library. Yeah, yeah, they got together. It was a. Was this people that you knew? Before? No, we didn't know. It was just a meetup. Met up over there? Yeah, it was just me, and my um, former like roommate in college, and we just met up with these people. Uh, so it wasn't really. It was fun. Uh, we didn't know them though, but yeah. they're always like welcoming, you know, new people. Um, I think that's the coolest part of D and D because it's the same thing with the group I'm playing with, Sean. Other than Sean, and really even before then, I didn't really know Sean very well. No. I was uh, friends with his girlfriend, and then she's like, "Hey, my boyfriend plays D and D," so I started hanging out with you guys, and like now I think I'm pretty good friends with you guys. And that's what he thinks. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean. I was gonna make a joke. I don't even know. <laughs> I was like, oh, but I think what it, happened? But I, think, I, I think it's cool. Like, it, yeah, it totally. It's like a a relationship builder kind of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's literally like when you think about it, it's really like a good team building exercise. Definitely. And I don't know. I I just think D and D is really cool because of stuff like that. Well, yeah. What I like about it, it's almost like so. So in a video game, they the people that make it is is. Essentially, they carve out the path for you. Now, there's thousands of ways. Like, if you're playing Call of Duty campaign, there's thousands of ways to like the best for the best example. Think of like Skyrim for D and D. That's kind of how I. Well, no, well, no. There's, so what I'm going with is like there's there's a thousand ways to like you know hide behind this, throw a grenade, shoot, but you can't talk to the person. You can't blow up a wall and, and try to like. It's set in stone essentially, yeah. and and D and D is not played like that. You it's just such a more it's more of an imaginative uh, game more creative in a lot of aspects uh mike what's your experience with dnd you you've played a bunch but just not a lot lately right yeah so i think i played for about like probably 15 years pretty regularly like it started like once a week and then it turned into like once a month um and then like maybe eight or nine years ago i just i, I there was no reason i wasn't like i hate this game i hate it i just stopped playing 
It's kind of how it happens. That's exactly yeah. what happened with me. Like life got in the way. I stopped playing, um, which has been the fun part for me building the characters because the last time I played it was three point five. I stopped, and, I think, right before fourth edition came out, or so, right yeah, after. Um, another thing to talk about a little bit is there's different versions of Dungeons and Dragons. We're now on the fifth edition. That's the current one. Um, Which really should be like the sixth, really, because we're just gonna pretend that three five was its own thing. I, I like well, so I I didn't experience anything <laughs> before three point five, so I don't really yeah. know. I I started at three point five. Yep, same. And I played that for years, and then yeah, fourth edition came around. And we all hated it. And so now we're okay, on so I have some to say about that. So I kind of have the opposite of ex- experiences, you guys. I I didn't start playing Dungeons and Dragons until about uh, the very beginning of 2012. I didn't start playing until I was in college, um, like my junior year of college, and That's I when got all the gateway drugs start exactly. Um, I mean, better that I mean it, it was that and alcohol. So. Um, I got invited by um, a friend at school. Uh, she invited me to play with her and her boyfriend as the as the dungeon master and their friends. Um, and at first, I was like, you know, no, that's that's too nerdy for me. And they basically had to bribe me with with beer. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll go. I'll Alcohol, give it a shot. Alcoholism. Yeah. <clears throat> well, college. <laughs> um, so I went and. Um, I had the most amazing time, and we played fourth edition. At the time, I didn't know it was, you know, the difference between any of the editions. Um, but we just played that one time, and after that, I was I was pretty hooked, pretty hooked on it. And uh, my roommate, uh, one of my roommates at the time, Charles, um, he uh, we we didn't really talk that much before. Um, we started talking more about it and he was like, "Well, I'm into D and D. Have you have you ever played?" And I was like, "Yeah," and you know, I started talking about like what we did during the campaign. I was like, oh, you played fourth edition? That's that just sucked. We play three. We play 3.5. It's far better. And yeah, I mean, so I started D&D with fourth edition. So I get why people don't like it because I don't, I don't think that it's bad. Right. I think that it is different. And I think that's why people didn't like it, which I understand because it's a role-playing game. And I think that fourth edition did take take away a lot of the role-playing aspects of the game, which are so important. Yeah. So I understand why people don't like it, but I started with it, so I can't I can't hate it. No, I mean, a good time is a good time. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. And, honestly, I do kind of think that 4th Edition might be a good entry level because it is so streamlined, it's, I guess. I mean, it sounds dumb, but it's more gamified than the game right. is currently. Yeah. I think I think you did put it very well um, during the, the, the last episodes that they really tried to make it too much of a game, which is funny, to, which is a funny thing to say about a game, but right. <laughs> it's, it's kind of true. They, they made it less of a, they took out a lot of the RP and put in more G. Right. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, from what I remember, cause I was still like, I was still pretending I was going to play when fourth edition was around. And I even bought, like I bought the player's handbook. I think I probably I have, bought the dungeon master's guide. And then I stopped many, way too many books. Yeah. Get well, rid of them somehow. Yeah. So, of the fourth edition books, I have like six of them. <laughs> so I started playing in second edition or revised. No, second. What's it called? Second edition. I'm thinking Magic that, the Gathering. Is Jesus. that AD&D? Yeah. yeah AD&D. So AD&D okay. was second edition. Um, that's why I started playing. And me and my friends were heavy into that. Um, I, some of my best friends growing up, they literally had like bow, every book. Bow, bow, nah, nah, nah. I'm going through the oh, I was like, What's time traveling right with Mike. Um, and so we played that forever. And then when third edition came out, we liked it. But the part that sucked was the part that sucks anytime you switch editions, which is 
all of the all of the content we had access to was now gone. Not only that, it's just things like really ingrained in your head as well, yeah. far as how things work. And I still, I, th- I, I mean, the same way you said, like you know, you like fourth edition. It was your first D and D. Like, I, I think the reality is the first one you play the most is always going to be your favorite. It's the same way, like with Doctor Who. Everyone says like your first Doctor is your favorite Doctor. It just it's what happens. Pepper. Uh, yeah, Doctor Pepper is the best one. <laughs> But then what happened was when third edition came out, we had we were kind of starved for content. That's when we started getting to other role playing games, and so I'd even say like the further on we got, the more I did, the more we played like pen and paper RPGs, but the less we played D and D proper. Like I mean, there was probably a five year stint there where all we played was the West End game Star Wars. Yeah, you go through like a phase of just yeah. kind of like other d20 systems and then we got into like gurps and we got in and then like my to this day my all-time favorite experience playing a role-playing game is playing deadlands i I think that is one of the coolest games that ever came out um and just a really amazing uh setting and then i think it was like right around three five like started getting a lot more books out not just the main three like the so there's three main books that every edition is based around which is the player's handbook the dungeon master's guide and the monster manual correct um with those three books you're golden right. like you can play and they're expensive but you can if you have a group that has one copy of each of those yeah you're set exactly everyone pays into it i mean we i started as in, in high school and that's kind of how it was we all kind of like chipped yeah. into oh yeah because you can't afford that when you're a kid no. uh i bought my player's handbook from software etc <laughs> wow. wow yeah that's going back um but yeah that's all that you need and i think that's the, the coolest thing like you just need to set a dice your book and you're set well, and even like the thing I've always remembered from uh, third edition that I thought was so neat was when they opened up the, they did the OGL, the open gaming license, because it was that admission of like, you know what, this, this the world matters, but you're going to do with that world what you want, or uh, you're going to make your own. The world is your oyster. It, mean, well, it is. The world really is. <laughs> but then, and the, I like the fact they just went like, look, here's a very simple D20 based system. And I thought it was interesting watching from the outside at that point, like watching uh wizards of the coast formerly tsr but then wizards of the coast bought them and that's where everything went watching wizards of the coast kind of just screw up the license pretty bad because they took what was working they had to put their stamp on it and i think everyone liked it and then when they went to fourth edition we've talked about a million times like they really gamified the hell out of it yeah and what i always what always struck me as odd about people complaining about that was that in my mind the idea of D and the idea of pen and paper role-playing games is that the systems are systems, but you build the world. And that's where I think I found out like a lot of people really don't want to build that world. Hmm. And I, I, I think my surprise with that just came from like the group I played with growing up. I I legitimately couldn't tell you any time we ever used a pre-built adventure. I um, Playing with Sean is my first pre-built thing. And I honestly never even knew that they existed. Uh, the previous groups I played with, it was just like us basically just BSing the entire time. And that was kind of the fun of it. But I think this is pretty cool too because it's a, it's a set you don't spend a lot of energy of like, oh, well, I got to figure out like what's up with this world, stuff like that. And I think the pre-built thing is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, there's totally like just, it's not for everyone and that's fine. And that's the best part about D&D is that you don't have to do it. You can just play how you want. Yeah. And 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 like the, if I think back to like all the times I play D&D and like I think anybody who's played enough pen and paper, like you have those campaigns you remember. Those, those like, in your mind, it's the most epic story you ever yeah. you ever experienced. But then you tell somebody about it, and you're like, "Yeah, we fought a goblin. We were in a cave. <laughs> this one time, though, I found the door. 
Um, <laughs> hey, finding doors can be a real bitch. Oh sometimes. man! Fi- Imagine like, you wake yourself up and I never found the door. <laughs> but that, that's always my favorite thing, though, is that the game. Like I'm a weird person, and I appreciate that in this game it gets as weird as you're willing to let it get. Yeah. Like I and hey, spoilers for for when we play later on. When I built this character, I decided I wanted to get weird with it. So I picked a weird class, and every place where I could roll a die, I made you guys either roll or I rolled. Yeah. 90% of my characters randomized because I was like, I'll make it work. Yeah. That's, and that's what that's I fun. like about yeah. the game. Like, for me, I, I, honestly, if I go the entire session and I don't roll a die, I'm totally okay with it because I realized a long time ago that this is just my, like, theater nerd crap. Um, well, you don't have to be that. Like, because I think some of the best ones that we've had lately it was almost never a lot of the combat stuff. It was the stupid shit that we were doing. Oh my God. And like, yeah, it's ridiculous and sometimes like annoying, but it's like, okay, that was fun. Like that was hilarious. Yeah. So the situation with the dog rock, Yeah, I, I'm, I was dying to bring it up. So I threw in something completely random while, so basically the, the, the campaign that we're running, it's a pre-built campaign. It's a uh, tomb of annihilation. Um, Highly recommend it. It's super fun. It's super interesting. The world is crazy and deadly, and it's so great. I have yet to kill someone. I can't wait to do it. Anyways. I kind of died. You died for like 30 seconds. I turned to stone. You turned to stone, and then I turned you back because (laughs) I I am a generous god. Anyways, so I had them. They were traipsing along in the jungle, and I kind of wanted to break up the monotony of that. So I had one of the characters, um, our friend Eli, he plays a paladin. Um, so I had his character, he found a, a rock that's shaped like a dog. And the way these guys blew that, sh- it was something completely random that I um, stole from someone else's game. And they're just like, well, what's the significance of the dog rock? Is there a god that worships dogs? Is there, can I fit it into any hole in every temple that we go into? And it's like, no, it's it's just a rock that's shaped like a dog, guys. Yeah, that literally it's, has nothing. It's, in, there's no there's purpose. No, yeah, there's no, there's no use for it. it. There's no value to it. And these motherfuckers. Because he described it with great detail. We're like, there is a reason why he's describing it to us. We got to figure, we got to solve the, the mystery of the dog rock. But what ended up happening was they ended up using it later down the road as um, minor, minor spoilers. They were in uh, a temple in this in this city, and they essentially had to um, get this this puzzle cube. And they're like, oh, well, what if we have I think we have to, like, distribute the weight correctly, like Indiana Jones style. And I was like. They're like, oh well, what about the dog rock? Does it is it the same weight? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It sure is, guys. You but think that, it weighs perfectly. But that's the coolest thing, because we felt cool because we solved the dog rock thing mm-hmm. when really it was nothing. And like it didn't actually exist within like the game itself. Just Sean's like it's shaped like a dog. So how long did you wait before you like finally were like, okay, but for real, there was nothing about that. No, he. Told oh us no, I literally told them immediately. Like, no, guys, this, there's no significance. But we thought he's like he's lying. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's a that's actually one of the things I want to ask you. So, like, I as much as I've played, I can count on one hand the number of times I tried to actually run the game, and um, the problem is because I I'm too precious with what I with what I do. So I'm like I spend all this time I write a yeah build a whole world bible I set up encounters. And I hit a point where I'm like, and there's a path to the left in the forest. All right, we're going to go dig through the forest to the right. Well, but there's a path to the left. <laughs> well, yep. no, we like it to the right. 
And I imagine like there's, I, that, there's the, the road signs and like one ways like rainbows and the other ones like Frankenstein's castle. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're going to the castle. I'm like, well, I was trying to get you guys to this really nice like spa for yeah. a nice day. There's nothing but, but experience over there. It turned out like that's when I realized I'm just not built to be a DM because I don't think I'm capable of not having an antagonistic relationship with the group. Yeah, what, the, what makes a good DM is, is like what number one don't have an antagonistic relationship with your group. <laughs> sure. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. What you said was that you felt like it was you versus the players. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's how I play. Like I played it like an uh, like an asynchronous game, like a four v one, where I'm like, oh, I'm a kill. You sons I of even bitches. said I think you were Bowser in Mario Party. Yeah, like it's the players versus Bowser. Mm-hmm. But Which, it, so I think that that would make a bad DM. Um, I mean, there's plenty of great ones, but each DM is, is different. They're they're people. And it could be, I don't know, like immersive storytelling or just like cool, like making me feel cool, stuff like that. Um, I, really, it's just fun. As long as we're all having fun, I, th- I think the DM is what kind of leads the fun. The party definitely adds to it and helps towards it. But I think as long as everyone's having fun, that's kind of what makes like a good session at least. But um, I've only really had a handful of DMs, so I don't know what would you guys say makes a good DM. <sighs> So, I mean, again, that that answer varies from from person to person. Um, the answer is Sean. Sean makes good DMs. I, I people keep telling me that, and I am just assuming they're not lying to me. Um, can uh, you do this like Matt Mercer would? <laughs> you know what? I, I what made what made me the DM that I am now would just be, I guess. Well, first of all, just consuming thousands, and I'm not kidding, probably thousands of hours of. Playing, reading, watching, listening, whether it's, you know, other sessions that I've had with, you know, my original groups, um, uh, listening to Acquisitions Incorporated podcasts from like 10 years ago, listening to Critical Role. I mean, you know, that that's part of it. You know, you learn from, try to learn from the best, try to learn from other people about how to do this. Um, uh, another big part of it is, being able to adapt because you never know what dumb shit is going to come out of your players' mouths. And we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so just being able to just adapt to that on the spot, it's difficult, but you get better at it as you go. Um, you know, it's not something like I, I remember when I ran my first session, um, it was bad. Like it was a pre written adventure, it was very linear. And it it was meant to be that way because as a as a beginning DM you kind of want something that's somewhat linear mm-hmm. but still you're able to kind of work around it. Um, but I know I made mistakes and yeah. I know it was just it wasn't it wasn't great. But I think my players had fun. Um, and I mean at the end of the day that's that's what matters is if everyone left the table having fun, then you know you did your job as a as a DM. And if you had fun, then hey you know then that's that you've got a good group going yeah if, if you're if everyone else is having fun and you're not having fun maybe dming dming is not for you or maybe you just have a shitty group it's true also it's just kind of like kind of just going continuing with it though like you said your first one you felt not very confident on how, how it went and that's kind of what kept me from continuing to dm is i felt like it was a disaster when i set up my first one and i, I think everyone had fun though but i just felt like i could have done better so i just kind of like talk myself out of DMing ever again is what happened. So I just didn't have the drive to keep going forward. Well, I think one day I will. I think that's a big part of it too, is like, you know, we sit here and we're talking about like, Oh, I had to make this character and oh, I have was working on it this morning. But the reality is the reason it took me so long is because I just wanted to read the whole player's handbook. Cause I'm weird that way. If I look at active time spent on the character, 
like an hour, maybe yeah. an hour and a half versus like for a one-off game we're doing for a podcast, like Sean had to build a world, build encounters, set things up. So not so much. <laughs> All right. So he bought a book and we're going to so, play now. No, no, this is actually, um, I, I am going to be running um, a session. I'm running the session out of a pre-generated adventure. Uh, it's one that I already had. So no, I didn't spend extra money on you guys. Sorry. Um, it, it's, it's definitely something that I did think up on my own but there's definitely stuff that i um stole um because uh I, I definitely am not i'm not one of those dms that has the time or patience to world build i'm right. I'm just not that's why i use pre-generated adventures um and and again if everyone's having fun then you know no big deal and you know. i hope you guys i hope you guys have fun today even if i do kill you we'll see um so alex since you're like still still somewhat fresh um do you have any like questions about the game or um because we also get that out now before yeah. we play <laughs> yeah no i don't i don't know it's such a like a wide world i don't know what to ask and tell them in it you know right. and i think that would be more for like the after mm-hmm. um i'm just excited to to kind of get into character yeah. to really dive deep into hey i'm alex the the, the, the dragon man the dragon <laughs> oh, fear oh, me and such yeah he's gonna get into town and everyone's gonna be dragon kill it monster don't take kindly to your tap around hi friends we don't serve your kind here get out i guess Uh, that's always one of the things that surprised me the most too is like how much of the game is just everybody describing stuff yeah Mm -hmm. like if you edited that out if we were to record everything we do and you edit out every time we're like okay so i'm in the can i see this guy okay like how far away is he like we edit all that out, it's going to be a three and a half minute podcast of like, <laughs> I'm in a village. Hey, hey, hey! All right, we're in a cave. I oh, we killed. killed. There's the a monster. kobold. He's dead. Um, what color are the barkeeper's eyes? Yeah, because I don't Why care. Did like he give me specific details of his eyes. There I, must be a reason. I don't care how long you play D and D. It always just sounds like you're all playing it for the first time because it's just like going to the dog story, just digging into the minutia for no reason. <laughs> well, what is what is he what is he feeling though? Like what is he feeling? Can I see it in his face? Well, you have a spell. You can, I don't want to cast a spell. Like, can I see in his face? And I do think it's Make interesting. Make an inside check. <laughs> I do think it's interesting because, like Alex was saying, kind of comparing it to the video game thing, another contrast to it, I guess, is that, you know, if we play a video game, we're all playing the same video game. Um, we're seeing the same thing. We're seeing the same details. But in D&D, everything is in my head, so no one else is really experiencing the same game that I am. And I'm not experiencing the same game as anyone else at the table. And I think that's really cool, though. Well, and even in general, like, just aside from your personal vision of the game it's also the fact that like like you're saying it's pre-built adventure but like no one else is going to play the adventure the same way we're not going to go i don't get to go buy skyrim and play my version of skyrim i mean i can mod it and do what the crazy stuff i will spend five hours just taking sweet rolls but at the end of the day (laughs) like in my house i'm still the story is still the story the the a to z is still a to z and that's always been a thing that intrigues me about D&D is you're like, oh, I have a pre-built adventure. Oh, I worked on this world. I have A to Z mapped out. Well, cool. We're going to just like kind of fuck off around G and we're <laughs> never going to get back on track. And I think we've done that in this game that we're the, the one I'm playing with Sean is that there is, yeah, a point that we're supposed to get to, but we might have wasted like three sessions just like bullshitting somewhere else. So far, you guys have done pretty good. You guys have had uh, specific goals that you've wanted to complete and you've pretty much completed them. The um, goals are making we have crazy. A- an endless jug of mayonnaise? You, yeah, you have something <laughs> of mayonnaise that, yeah. 
I really regret you guys getting that. But <laughs> what's to do when it's the one treasure in the one temple that you guys decide to go in? <laughs> the real adventure is the friendships you make along the way. And mostly the enemies. <laughs> I hate but everyone. And the all goal. your enemies are dead. No, the party's my enemy. They just don't know it yet. Oh, okay. That makes sense. They won't listen. They don't listen to this. Not yet. <laughs> Alex, I just got to throw this out there. I fucking hate you for picking Dragonborn. Because <laughs> of the drawing? I'm just trying to figure it out, man. It is just, it's it's fucking me up. You love it. You so love the other challenge. thing, <laughs> I do kind of, well, okay, real, real quick aside, like my, the thing I, I hate drawing more than hands is goddamn dragons. I've never <laughs> been good at it. <laughs> And I'm just like sitting here going like, I think I'm just going to draw hands in a dragon face and that's going to be what you are. (laughs) Um, So when you build a world, like how do you not take it personally when people go just so far off or off track? Like that's, because again, like that was always my problem. Is that I, I'm, I'm sitting there getting angry at everybody. Because well, like, you have a payoff that you want them to get to, right? But then they're not. See, that's the difference. Is it's not even for for this is again why I'm a bad DM. <laughs> it's for it, me. <laughs> it wasn't about even the payoff. Like the payoff was there, but it's about like I designed all of this for you. I made this whole world I am for you. I'm a generous god. I'm I, a golden. I, god. That's where I'd realize I'm, I'd be a terrible god because I'd be the one's like I designed this world for you and you've spurned it. Now it's hell. <laughs> get out of my Eden. I totally understand it. I get it, man. He, all he wanted, just don't eat that one tree. And maybe it was yet. Or the fruit. Don't eat the fruit of the tree. No, the whole tree. Definitely don't eat the tree, too. Lost in translation. Eve ate a tree. It's been a while since I've been to church. <laughs> Probably were you're just going to burst into flames as soon as you step in. Well, that's the plan. That's always been the plan. Um, But as far as, you know, players not appreciating, quote unquote, the world that you've built for them. I mean, I can definitely understand the frustration behind that. Um, but at the same time, it's like, if you're, if you're building this world for yourself, you're setting yourself up for failure because D and D is chaos. Like you can, you can plant the crumbs, you can put up the road signs, you can literally scream it in their face. Um, this is what you need to do in order to achieve X, Y, Z. But they're like, but what about M through Q? I want to do that. And you're just kind of like, well, Basically, if you if you don't want players to pursue something, don't put it in there. You see nothing. It's all darkness, and then there's a treasure chest. That's all that exists. So, what's in the darkness? <laughs> I said there's nothing. There's only darkness. Okay, but like, so is I'm going to magical cast... darkness. Yeah, is it can like I, see... can... I have it's... dark vision? I have dark can vision? I see? Can I? So, what do I see in the darkness? It's your old friend. I cast light. Oh, oh. hello, <laughs> darkness, my old friend. <laughs> um, and then Sean, you you just said that D and D is chaos, and we didn't. Really, even talk about the mechanics of D and D, which is the the dice, right? And it totally is because yep. not only can you not control what the players do, but you can't control the outcome of what the players do. Neither can the players, because for every like major action that we take in the game, we have to roll a die and compare numbers, basically. And it sounds really it's the hardest thing to describe to someone that hasn't played D and D. I think because it sounds super boring, but there is nothing more thrilling than throwing that stupid D twenty. To see if I'm going to like... And yeah. seeing it in single digits. <laughs> no. But yeah, there's like a whole set of... When you think of dice, you know, we all we're all we all think of the six-sided die. Yeah, Monopoly. Or, yeah, like gambling, casinos, stuff like that. Okay, you're cooler than me. I get it. Craps. <laughs> I hate Monopoly. Uno. Um, <laughs> Uno? <laughs> I was just waiting for somebody to... House <laughs> rules. Those <laughs> <good> dice. <laughs> Um, I, I, I play the reverse card, and you have to draw four cards. I banish you to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but D&D has different 
types of dice, which is pretty cool for different things. There's, you know, I, I guess a two-sided die would be a coin. Uh, there's a, I have seen a three-sided die. Which I is have weird. a three-sided die. It's like, a, yeah, four-sided die up to yeah. 20-sided stuff. And, and bigger. Yeah, and bigger. I had a hundred-sided die. We stopped using it because it just never stops rolling. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That sounds like a joke. I'm dead serious. We no, had a hundred-sided die because we I've were like, seen them. this is way cooler than having two tens. And the I think it was the first night we used it. Like somebody rolled it and it just went forever, fell off the table. And we're like, oh, that's a ball. Yeah, it's like a golf ball. Yeah, it it, it just rolls and you hear sound and then it rolls off the damn table. Is that the D three? Yes, it is. I've seen one that's like literally like a oval. Yeah, it's weird shaped. Oh, like when I we used to work at that company that sold the dice, oh, yeah. I remember like that that was the weirdest. You like, gonna get sued? <laughs> uh, it was called Alliance Gaming Distribution. We were the uh, providers of Chessex dice, and okay, that was my job was to out. count them every goddamn day of my life. <laughs> that was shittiest job. But yeah, because of the, the the randomness of dice and how many sided some of these dice are, D and D is truly chaos. Like you were like you were saying. And Mike's already cut himself on his dice. I thought I did. Forgot it was in there. I picked up the whole handful of those dice and like it really hurt. <laughs> I'm throwing this thing in the trash, although it's going to tear through the bag. So Mike's got a four-sided die, which is basically a pyramid. And apparently, uh, well, first of all, it's made of metal. And apparently one of the sides is like razor edge sharp. So the eight-sided die is pretty bad too, but that four is just a son of a bitch. Let me see it. Um, okay, so I think we're ready to get into the game so tune in next time to three hours later unless you guys have anything else no i'm ready no ready yeah. ready ready want to throw in the socials ah, ah. <laughs> um so our our social medias uh for twitter it's uh the number three hrs underscore later and our facebook is and instagram are three hrs without an underscore later and find us on our patreon as well it's a patreon dot com slash three hours later with the number three join the sticker club oh yeah the tickets uh, super ticket <laughs> all right alex had a stroke we're good and then our uh, super secret club is actually like if, if anything we've created a very successful beam facebook <laughs> i'm getting i'm literally getting people that pop up on there and i don't have any mutual friends with them so i don't understand how they're in the group other people in the group invite them but i'm not mutually friends with any of them <laughs> You're not friends with all my friends that are in the group, you know? Uh, I know everybody you know. I mean, ever. Not before today, you didn't. Eh. Can we see who right. our patrons I, I are? I finished the collection. That's all it was. Oh, yes. We, we can. We, we should give them a shout out. We probably should. Yeah. Let's do that. Yes. Uh, okay. So, special thanks to our patrons, Erica, Garrett, and Samantha. Thank you, guys. You gotta say like a stripper, Samantha. Samantha, come on, on down. She's my on stage one, Samantha. Don't put that in. She's very nice. <laughs> she is awesome. Don't She's... forget the breakfast bar is open all day. Do you want some wings or do you want some eggs? All right, so we're gonna play D and D now. Bye. Uh, prepare yourself. D and D. Make a double. <laughs>